Enchanted Tiki Talk is brought to you by Kingdom Strollers. Our premium stroller and crib rentals are delivered straight to your Disney or Orlando area resort. It couldn't be easier. Book yours at KingdomStrollers.com. And Mouse Pros. Let our travel specialists plan your next vacation. Our concierge-level service gives you the perfect hassle-free vacation. Get your free quote from Sean or any of our magical agents at MousePros.com. And Mickey Monthly, the Disney fans' monthly subscription box that brings the magic right to your door. Visit them at MickeyMonthly.com. And now, it's Cho time! In the tiki 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 hut, in the tiki 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 hut, all the birds talk Disney and the listeners swoon. In the tiki 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 hut, welcome to our enchanted hideaway. You lucky people, you. If you weren't listening, starting right away, we'd be out of an audience too. In the tiki 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 hut, in the tiki 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 hut, in the tiki 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 hut, in the tiki 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 hut. Hello and welcome to Enchanted Tiki Talk. This is episode 257 for the week of September 23rd, 2018. So I hear there is some big news happening this week in Walt Disney World. Steve, is that true? There is a ton of new stuff taking place. Uh, so I've broken it down by park. Okay. So we can have uh, we can talk about that. Let's start off. A lot of new things are happening in 2019. So uh, let's start with the Magic Kingdom. This week we said hello to Ziploc bags. Ziploc is the sponsor, uh, Splash Mount, so they are giving out little plastic bags so you can put your phone in your in the plastic Ziploc bag, then put it in your pocket because that will make it a lot safer from the water. Uh, we're saying bye-bye to Captain Jack Sparrow's pirate tutorial uh, the end of September 29th. We're saying so long to the current Move It, Shake It, Dance, and Play It street party on December 1st. But starting January 18th, 2019, the Magic Kingdom will honor Mickey and Minnie Mouse with a new Mickey and Minnie Surprise celebration, which includes a brand new Move It, Shake It, Mouse Cadance It street party. The singers will be belting out new arrangements of the classic Mickey Mouse club songs. Uh, the Dapper Dans and other entertainers on Main Street uh, will sing songs in honor of Mickey and Minnie. There will, of course, be special Mickey and Minnie-themed merchandise and food. And Disney's also promising some more limited-time magic entertainment and other experiences to pop up at the Magic Kingdom. So that's what's happening there. So the Move It, Shake It, Move Your Tushy Parade, that one, uh, you know, uh, the parade kind of annoys me, but I, it's a good <laughs> I, it's good that they have it, to be honest with you. Usually you always see people watching it or, or participating in it. So I'm glad they're doing that. And I'm glad they're updating that. That's a good thing. Pirate League, I'm really sad to see the pirate learning to be a pirate thing. I'm glad. I'm sad to see that go. That's always something I would always stop by. Even if it was just a minute, I would stop and watch. I thought it was entertaining. Yeah, the same here. I mean, the parade was always fun to get to hear the song and walk by and stuff. You kind of shake your head back and forth. And kids really liked it. So, I mean... Like, Sean, I'm happy that it's being uh, plussed up a little. Right. Um, Jack Sparrow, it's kind of disappointing. It seems like the live entertainment is kind of being snapped away by Thanos. But if they do, uh, if they bring like, Red there for uh, like meet and greet or do like, uh, like a Jack Sparrow um, meet and greet or something there, that'd be nice too. Yeah, I, I just hope they keep the vamos part of that dance party. It kind of like just keeps you keeps you shaking as it goes down it does, it does. Yeah, yeah. it really does <laughs> uh over at hollywood studios talking about uh uh live entertainment uh there seems to be a cut taking place in the citizens of hollywood uh and there will be about three or four cuts we don't know if they'll be replaced if they're not going to be replaced but that's supposed to happen at the end of the month as well uh starting in january uh, Pixar Place is going to be renovated uh, since it was closed down because of Toy Story Land. Uh, it'll be renovated into Metroville City for The Incredibles. And at the end of the block, where you normally go down, there will be a party. So I guess that will actually be a real block party. Uh, it'll honor Mr. Incredible, Mrs. Incredible, Frozone uh, to celebrate their super deeds. And Edna Mode will be making an appearance and you'll be able to meet her in a special location. Yes, darling. Uh, yes. <laughs> and uh, over at Walt Disney Presents, say goodbye to Star-Lord and Groot. 
say hello to Mike and Sully from Monsters, Inc. That change will take place uh, starting January 18th. Well, I don't like... I don't like it when they replace, get rid of the characters on Main Street in and at the studios. I don't like when things like that happen. I think because that just adds a touch of class and gets you really into the the whole idea, the whole time frame of where you are. You know, it's, it's just a shame that things like that happen. They, the entertainment cuts like that. You know, I know that. It's nice to hear that you know the cast members are getting a raise, have gotten a raise. It you know it's well deserved, but um, it's just sad to see that things like that happen. The whole block party thing, hey, I mean, that's not my cup of tea, but it's many other people's cup of tea. I'm glad they're doing it. Anytime they add things to the parks, that's a good thing. So I'm happy to hear that. I'm not happy to hear that uh, Star Lord is leaving. I think it's nice when you have face characters to interact with as opposed to the other type of characters. But Mike and Sully is, are pretty cool, so that's yeah. neat. Yeah, and I'm sure that I'll touch on the Citizens of Hollywood later, but it's always a favorite of mine. I can stand there and watch them all day interact with the kids and the guests, and it's all improvisation like a lot of it is. Entertainment. Extremely happy that they are uh, putting some more Pixar stuff into there. I think that the Incredibles are like pretty popular right now. It's a nice fit for that space. The whole um, Star-Lord thing, as much as I love that those films and the characters, I just kind of always thought that, that it was out of place there. I hope that they do some more stuff once the uh, attraction that's in Epcot opens up. Well, he'll be more out of place in Epcot than he will be in studios. Well, but not if it's attached to their own attraction. Well, that whole He's, thing shouldn't be an Epcot yeah. anyway, but that's a whole other story. Uh, on, yeah. you, on you. But <laughs> I'm just saying, uh, <laughs> I think that Mike and Sully's a better fit in Pixar place than Star-Lord and Groot. Yeah. Uh, over at Animal Kingdom, uh, there's a new Rhino tour. Uh, backstage Ugh. Rhino Tour that's starting November 1st. Uh, at 40 bucks. to me, this sounds like a lot of fun. Uh, you'll get behind the scenes. You'll get to see the rhinos, learn about the rhinos. You may even be able to touch a white rhino. Uh, but I think when it comes to you know their upsells of these uh, of these tours, these are, the, these are the most reasonable ones. That, the Walking with Giants, the Elephants one. Right. Uh, and then starting January 18th, you'll be able to celebrate the 25th anniversary of The Lion King at Animal Kingdom with Timon and Rafiki in a new Hakuna Matata time dance party on Discovery Island. And there'll be some, what they're calling three-dimensional photo opportunities, recreating scenes from the animated classics. I would assume these are going to be the big backdrops um, that will be around the park that you can walk into and have the pictures taken. I like that they added, they're adding those tours because the Walking with Giants thing is something I'd like to do personally. And the Rhino one, actually, I'd be interested in doing that one as well because they're reasonably priced. You know, you're not spending uh, an arm and a leg to do it. So those are nice little extras that you can do that don't break the bank. Right. They could not have picked a worse animal for that. Rhinos are sneaky, evil creatures. <laughs> I damn near got peed on by a <laughs> rhino one time, and ever since then, the rhinos and I have not have been friends. Well, um, he's marking his territory. <laughs> well, quick story. Um, was at Cincinnati Zoo at the rhino exhibit there. There's like a half like stone wall, a corner. I'm standing there. Oh, look at the rhinos. They're so cool, blah, blah, blah. Well, apparently, the female rhinos, when they pee, they pee backwards. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm standing there. This rhino just lets one loose like a pressure washer, hits the wall, and just starts raining pee. And, and, and man, everybody started to like, like duck for cover. But you, you ran towards it. It was... No, I was... <laughs> I was petrified, and I was an adult. So ever since then, I was rhinos and me. 
Uh, we're just not friends. I would have peed on him back. <laughs> <laughs> Take that, you rhino. So I guess I guess the rhino made your top ten enemies list. Uh... Um, absolutely. Get the rhino made the list. <laughs> All right, and uh, our last park, Epcot. Two festivals coming next year. Obviously, the uh, Festival of Arts is January 18th to February 25th. The Flower and Garden Festival is March 6th to June 3rd. And the big thing happening at both of those is that the concert series, the Broadway concert series at the festival and the Garden Rocks at the Flower and Garden will be expanded to daily. So they will not just be weekends anymore. It will be seven every single night. So the Festival of Arts, there's going to be 270 different shows uh, they'll be adding more people uh, for the Broadway series. They'll be adding some more people, which is good uh, because the songs will be different with each with each uh, pair of people who show up. And uh, they probably will add and or expand a couple of the acts over at the Garden Rocks because some of them are very very popular. Uh, so if you you know you want your 80s and 90s music, that's the place to go. That's awesome. I'm glad. Well- I'm glad that they announced that it's going to be the 6th because I'm supposed to be there like, I don't know, the 7th or 8th or something like that. I have uh, travel agent training to go to. So I'll be able to experience Flower and Garden because I love Flower and Garden so much. It's so enjoyable. But the Festival of Arts is great too. Yeah. So you know, I miss that. But uh, it's, it's nice to hear them adding more acts to a, a daily basis because it just gives you something more to do at Epcot, especially when you want to see, you know, run DMC or something like that. Mm-hmm. And remember, and annual pass holders, remember, uh, I'm sure they will do this because they have been doing this consistently. Uh, if you get there early in the day, you can get you know special reserved seating by right. just uh, by showing up early enough to get uh, to get a wristband to go in at a certain time. So take advantage of it because it really you really do get a lot closer to the bands than uh, than just sitting in the back. Right. Awesome. There's some good stuff going on. Oh yeah, there's, yeah, that's that's a bunch of good news too, yeah. which is rare these days. So now do we get to talk about bad news? <laughs> yeah, always, always, sure, sure. That's Let's what take people that. want, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> Let's take that quick break. From break. So, with last week's episode of our top five things that happened in Disney World in the last five years, we've decided this week to talk about the bottom five things that happened in Disney World in the last five years. And I'm sure there's going to be a lot of people out there that have their own opinions on what would make their top five list. And you're surely welcome to email us or send us messages on social media. But, you know, our top fives are could be certainly different than some of your people. And we'll start at number five. Keith, why don't you head and go ahead and give us your number five and see where you come in at. My number five is the conservation efforts of rhinos. No, um, <laughs> um, I would say it would be uh, the fast pass tiers. Oh, that's a good um, one. Tiers of fast passes like really makes it hard to get the big ticket attractions in the same day. You essentially have to choose and hope that you ride the other ones. Either that or it forces you to go on multiple days, which I'm sure is all part of the master plan. But it just makes your planning a whole lot harder. I, I, I can agree. 
agree with you to a certain point where I don't like the idea of it at all. I it's, it's frustrating because if I go to Epcot, I don't want to have to choose between Soarin' Test Track and Frozen, but unfortunately I'm forced to. But also with that, there's only like six attractions in that park. Right. So you have to tier it. Otherwise, it's going to make it... Everybody's going to choose those three attractions every time and no one's going to go to the other attractions. So that's, I understand why they're doing it. It's not fair. I don't, I don't like the idea of it. It just, it just tells you and it just tells Disney that you need more attractions in those parks. Yeah. I, I, I don't, I also don't like it because it, it's the difficulty of having to choose the three fast passes. You have the tier. And then after the third one, if you want to choose another one, it, it's way too late in the day. Right, normally, yeah. To get one of those one of those big ticket big ticket rides, the same thing over at Hollywood Studios now that they they change the tiers, and I'm sure when uh, Galaxy's Edge opens, and I'm sure when uh, uh, Ratatouille and Guardians of the Galaxy open, they'll be changing the tiers again right. over at Epcot. So, Steve, what's your number five? Uh, I think I'm going to get from to specifics to general. So I'm going to start off with the. The axing of the Osborne family spectacle of dancing oh lights. Oh my gosh! I didn't even I can't think of that. I forgot that. One. Uh, it wow. started. The spectacle of lights started '95. Uh, it ended. The last night was January. I believe it was January 6, 2016. It was a phenomena that was inc- incredible. It was something that you could spend five minutes. You can spend five hours sitting there listening watching and if you got those 3d glasses which were really cool to look at the lights and even though every year was the same it was always different you tried to find the hidden mickeys uh i felt that they could have i know the construction is the big reason I, i still feel they could have moved it or tried to move it somewhere else they could have moved it to the to the walkway in epcot they could have moved it to disney springs i this was just something that was just a lot of fun. This would have been number one on my list if I if I had <laughs> thought about it honestly, because I love the Osborne lights. Like Steve, you could stand there for hours, and I've done that. I because I I love Christmas. I love the Christmas lights so much that me seeing Osborne lights multiple nights on a trip would be something that I would do, and I and I had done, and I would stay there for an hour, two hours. And honestly, that's probably, I know that they, I think the last year or the last two years, they did the dessert party. That is probably the only dessert party that I would have paid for just because it would have been worth it for me to just sit there and look at all the lights and listen to the music and watch the the lights dance around. I would have loved to have done that. And it it is a shame that it should went because that was like the upper echelons of Disney and Christmas. Now... I have not experienced. You guys have experienced the 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 thing on the Tower of Terror uh, yeah. on Sunset Boulevard. I've only seen video from it, but I don't think that can even compare to what Osborne was. So it's just a shame that you just don't have that magical aspect of it because it's it's something where with young kids, young and old, it was something for all of them to look and see and spot things and see things from year to year. Things might necessarily change as much, but there are different things to see that you would not catch on every single, uh, on just walking through there once. Multiple trips, you'd catch more and more and more. I never did experience the Osborne Lights. It's one of the biggest regrets I have. We didn't um, like have a trip that was planned then. Um, they announced it i was like changing jobs and i couldn't get down there like to see it it's one of the the one thing i wish i would have seen i mean so that's another thing too is that they like announced that things are being like taken away like like two months beforehand and then uh did you never get a chance to get back down there and see right. them again yeah they yeah. should have told you the year before that it's leaving that would have right. been much better all right, so my number five on here is in September of 2014, they announced that the World Showcase players would be leaving in Epcot, and along with them would be other people within Epcot. The the girl who made the candy, that's when the the band from uh, Morocco went, Moroccan ended up leaving, and then the one in Canada ended up leaving. So, like, September, like, that time mm-hmm. frame was, like, when... 
all that that that, that fun type of entertainment left because I loved the World Showcase players because they were enjoyable because they performed uh, King Arthur and the Holy Grail. And I used to enjoy that performance. It was always fun to watch. And then one of the guys. You must bring me a shrubbery. <laughs> one of the guys had yelled out free beer. And he's like, hey, he's like, follow me. There's free beer behind the wall over here. You know, and it's just. They would play, like. They interacted with the guests so well. It was so much fun to see that. And I just missed that. Come along, Patsy. <laughs> I'm gonna have to watch that movie now. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks. That's a great movie. I did. I generalized this, and it's on mine at number three. But it's the, the cutting of, like, of the live entertainment, like Steve had said about Citizens of Hollywood and all the bands at Epcot. Right. It just it. It seems like it's taking that, that personal touch away, like a little bit. Um, it's turning it more into like. I hate to say it, like a Cedar Point or like a Six Flags or someplace that is just rides. Right. Mm. And so the charm of Disney Parks is that you have that, that spontaneous entertainment interactions for stuff like that uh, that you don't get at Six Flags, Cedar Point, places like that. So Yeah, because that's where those, yeah. those are the cases where you're going to get people, first-time guests who are going to come around and say, Oh, you know what? I, I didn't even know that these people were here, and they interacted with little Tommy, and Tommy enjoyed it so much. And then, you know, you know, word of mouth spreads. Like, oh, you know, Disney's really not just about meeting characters and riding attractions. There's more to it than that, and they're getting away from that. And especially now, when you have to pre-program your vacation, right? If you just want to go and spend a couple of hours at a park, just without anything, it's nice just to to, to come upon them. Right, and, exactly. and interact with them. Mm -hmm. So what's your number four, Keith? I have the uh, ending of the nighttime uh, parades. I think that, once again, it's something that you take away. It's something that you enjoy seeing, that you plan for. It's one of those classic kind of parts of our trips that like are slowly fading away even if they would have brought like paint of the night for something here i think now you just have the projection show and fireworks which are are spectacular um, don't get me wrong but the parades were something that you could see from a bunch of spots around the park you didn't have to fight for a single spot in front like of the castle to enjoy and so it's sad that they taken that away for now it might return who knows but uh it doesn't really seem like they are that was that was my number four as well um the, the uh the no main street electrical parade and after that and and later on I, I, there's a another portion of that which i'll talk about or, or riff on but uh, I agree. the The idea of taking away a nighttime parade at a place that looks spectacular at night uh, is very disappointing, and uh, uh, goes to a lot of other issues at nighttime at Magic Kingdom. See, now, this is also on my list, but mine is way up higher. This is number one on my list. I figured it would be. Yeah, this is this is like. Even even Walt has said it before. His favorite time in the parks was nighttime. Having the parades at night added another layer, added the magic to the nighttime, because it's just, you have the fireworks, which is is they often call the nightcap to to the day. But I believe honestly, I believe it's more of the parade because it's the parade where those kids that were fortunate enough or maybe not so fortunate enough when it comes to the parents to stay up and see the, the nighttime parade, seeing how much my son had enjoyed the nighttime parade, even my daughter got to see it the one time, but she, she doesn't remember it. It, it, it was magical. It was just something that you don't get to see every day. It's not like your run of mill daytime parade. It's magic. It's, it's, you know, it's Christmas lights on parade in some ways. It's the music, the interaction with characters that would wave to you and, and, and you'd wave back or them coming up to you and giving you a high five. It just added magic and prolonged the evening and made the evening so much more special. And it's just a shame that they took that away just because one, Spectral Magic was supposed to come back, but 
the Walt Disney World could not take care of the parade, so that's the reason Special Magic was destroyed and they had to get rid of it. And now, of what I heard, it was just budget cuts that they didn't want to spend the money on it. You know, to cut the bottom line was not to have a nighttime parade. I've heard it might come back for the 50th. I, I hope some sort of parade does come back because it desperately, it's desperately needed there. I didn't realize how much I missed it until uh, like I went to the Christmas party and saw right. the uh, Christmas parade there. And it just made you miss those parades a whole lot more. So... Oh yeah, uh, Steve. That was your number four too. So my number yeah, yeah, four. Yeah. That was my number four. My number four is the the welcome show in front of the yes. train station. Yes. I I understand why they did it, and it was a necessity. So that I don't have an issue with. Just the crowds were just awful. But I mean, that's now that has changed. So they probably could do it again. But that was so unique. That was a unique experience in front of the train station there. It was fun. It was jubilant. It was seeing the, the family come up there on the train with all the characters. It's just, it wasn't like your typical show. It was just, it was fun. It was, you, you just, you didn't really have to rely on the major characters. You had other characters from Main Street that interacted with the crowd. But then when you brought brought it into the front of the castle, it just doesn't have that same lively atmosphere, in my opinion. It's just it's just kind of blah. It's just like there. It just it almost feels I don't want to say it feels forced, but it was just like alright, well we just put this together and we're just gonna let you see it here and you can just stand in front of the castle. You know, it's just it's just not as fun. It's not it's not as electric as it was in front of the castle. And also in front of the castle, most people are either getting in early to, for early visits to the kingdom or they're lining up uh, ahead of time to get to Seven Dwarfs Mine Train so they're not really watching the uh, right. the show. Exactly. Exactly. It was your first like taste of magic for the it day. Was. I mean, I knew the words to the, the song by heart and I stand there and sing them and get some strange looks from people, but still, I still sang it anyway. It was always fun to see the family and the train full of characters. And, and like once those fireworks went off, you knew your day was starting. Um, now it's just, you know, you can walk through, go get, get some coffee, go shopping. Like there's no real cattle time, I guess as you would say. Like there's no like official bell that just says go. Um, right. I do actually miss that show quite a bit. Keith, you had your number three, right? Yes. All right, so, Steve, what's your number three? Uh, Star Wars Weekends. Oh, yeah. Good one. Um, the great thing about Star Wars Weekends was that it was open to all. You just had to show up. There was no extra payment. Uh, you saw Disney characters. You know, you, you saw Minnie Mouse's Princess Leia. Luke, you know, Mickey Mouse is Luke Skywalker, Goofy is Darth Vader, and the parade down the street was was fantastic. It had, you know, it was a lot of fun. Now, you know, yes, you're going to have Galaxy's Edge, but you're going to have an immersive experience where you are in the Star Wars uh, universe. You're not going to get to have that fun interaction of Disney characters dressed as Star Wars characters, which is the lighthearted way of going about things, even for the younger kids. And the parade. And, uh, you know, there are not very many good parades that have taken place at Hollywood Studios. Right, yeah. That was one of them. them. You know, one thing I want to say is that I don't think Disney really understands the Star Star Wars culture, the Star Wars machine of how Star Wars really is. Because once Disney purchased Star Wars, that's the first thing that they axed with Star Wars Weekends. And Iger had just come out and said that it was he made a mistake. That it was he made a mistake. Was that it's too much Star Wars too soon with the movies? Yeah, and I did see that. I don't maybe partially, but I don't think they truly understood the Star Wars universe because they they did not they did not foresee what they what kind of story needed to be told throughout. You know, with the the last three numbered films, the Skywalker saga, they kind of just 
it's just putting things together. They should have, today's day and age, they should have sat down, they should have put all three films together and said, this is our game plan, this is what's going to happen in this episode, this episode, and this episode. Solo, it... Solo was rushed a little bit. I think Solo should have waited at least until this December to come out. And Solo's a great film. Solo is definitely one of one of my favorite Star Wars films, I'll, I'll say. It was really enjoyable. I don't think it's just rushed. I, I just don't think... I, I think it's poor storytelling, and I think it's that just Disney does not know how to handle Star Wars. I, I think they're trying, trying to do too much, and they don't really understand what Star Wars means to fans. I don't think they get that. What shocked me was with the success that they had with Marvel, planning and executing the standalone films with the ensemble films, I would think that they would have carried that same strategy you over with think. Star Wars. And they and that's he says that Star Wars is oversaturated, and, but there's three Marvel films a year. But but I think right. the, th- the difference the difference is the mentality. The Marvel guys, even Kevin Feig, they came from comic book culture in which you are used to telling stories and putting bits and pieces in movies and you have no idea where it's going to lead to and at the end you have this vague idea of okay well we'll do these 10 up with these two ten cop comics and at the end we'll come here and then you can oh gee i can go back into that comic because he said this word and i now i can go on this tangent where star wars always seems to be like straightforward here's the novel here's what it is and that's it so I, I think it's just that the whole mentality of how to tell of storytelling is quite different. Yeah, but you could have taken the the three numbered films and just been like, "This is our game plan. This is what we're going to do to close the Skywalker saga. Let's lay some eggs here, here, and here in these films, and we can build on that, and we can we can continue to build on the Star Wars films later on that happened way after the Star Wars saga. They could have done something like that, but they failed to do it. That's it's just it's poor storytelling on their part because you can't have one director do one film and write one film, another director do it, and them two not properly talking because you have episode seven that had laid all these stories and things going on, and then episode eight doesn't pick up on any on a single one of those stories. Right. There's there's no cohesiveness there, so it's their own fault. Because you don't have a, a, a Kevin Feige to handle Star Wars, you don't have that. Dave Filoni should be in charge of Star Wars. No ifs, ands, or buts. He can handle he it. Should he should? Yeah, be. that's it. Should be his baby, and he could build a universe. And, and back to the weekends, I don't think Disney understands that the main characters, Mickey, Minnie, Goofy, Donald, they're satirical in many ways, and you should dress right. them up exactly. in all of these different characters and let them have fun with it. People just love like. It. Just, just like it, you know, it's not possible. But you'd want to see Donald Duck dressed up as Iron Man. Come on, I know, yeah. right? I think that Disney is trying to cater to the hardcore fans instead of attempting to bring the Disney fans something like to Star Wars. I, I, I disagree think- with that, though. I don't, I don't, I don't think that's correct because. If you would have kept your your beliefs with hardcore fans with Star Wars, you would not have killed off Luke Skywalker at the end of Episode Eight. You would have no, in, uh, you would have put all in the in the in Episode Seven. You would have all three of your main characters have at least one scene together. One scene. I mean, they were in for three movies together. They were the heart and soul of the trilogy, and you don't get them in one scene in the new trilogy. Come on, who does that? I just mean mean. At the parks, I'm not talking about films. I'm talking like at the parks with like the Star Wars weekends. Well, yeah, because Disney like talks Steve about said. synergy. Big Disney's big phrase is synergy. You know, bring everything together. You know, and build upon what you have. They don't do that with this. It's because they don't know what to do with Star Wars. That's my belief. I, I just want to see the stormtroopers arrest Donald Duck. That's all I want to see. <laughs> Wouldn't that be fun? Right, we, we, I mean, we can go on forever on this. So, well, yeah, it's it's, it's a never-ending story. Uh, and my number three—I don't want to spend too much time on this—but uh, my number three is is March of this year. The inclusion of the parking fees that they started. Oh, here we go. I don't want to spend too much time <laughs> on this, just because you know how in the world can you charge for parking that was free for. 47 years or 48 whatever it is 47 years 
and you have an abundance of space and all of a sudden now you want to charge parking and we when they announced this i you know i I went off on it how it's a tax on those people who pay who 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 spend less at the resort or spending at a value they're paying more on the dollar than somebody at a at a, a deluxe resort is but I, I I think that left a sour taste in so many people's mouths. That that was like the last straw for a lot of people, and they knew that the Disney company that they grew up with was no more. Now it's all it's really it, they're throwing out in front of you. It is about the, the dollar. It's all it's all about is the dollar. So that is my number three. I don't want to do well, anything that. Okay. I, I think it's it's a tax on locals pretty much. I mean. Oh, true. It, it, it's a tax on the, the staycationers, the ones who have four or five hour drive that just want to stay for like a weekend. I think that it was targeted like to them as opposed to the, you know, the fly in and the magical express people like I, me. I, I, I don't I don't know, because a lot of the, the 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 highest number of people who have DVC memberships is in Florida. I think a lot of people on weekend will come on weekends and stay. And since you have DVC, you don't need to pay, right, uh, for parking fees. Uh, so I think if you just if you're just an annual pass holder, yeah, that's a problem. But if you're a DVC member, and again, the largest number of people who have DVC uh, is in Florida, it, it's 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 not it doesn't impact them. I see. Of what I've heard is that fifty percent of the guests going to Disney use Disney transportation, the other 50% are take their own cars. Basically, right. it's it's a split is, is what I was told. So whether that's DVC members or not, it's just, you know, it's just it's just a shame. It's just a flesh wound. <laughs> Alright, Keith, what's your number two? <laughs> um, I have a great movie ride closing is my number two. This was always one of our favorite attractions. It's sorely needed updating as far as the films and the animatronics and whatnot, but I think that they it could have easily done that uh, instead of overhauling it. I know they want to move to keeping you know IPs in house, but right. um, I think that that the soul of that park was that ride. I. I, I... I agree. I, I'm, I've got. A, I, I had that on the list, and I'm thinking I'm, I'm holding off judgment until the Mickey Minnie Railway attraction opens, because I think that could be a phenomenal attraction in that in that space. And as you, it, it, the the ride was nice and nostalgic, it was going past. But when you're sitting next to when you're sitting next to people, it goes, who is that? What is that? Who are right. these people? Well, that's just bad parenting for not showing them classic <laughs> movies. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Steve, what's your number two? Uh, number two is uh, number two is the uh, oh man, this is uh, I'm going to say the minivan, the the introduction of the minivan. Hmm. Uh, it is, and especially with the price change, it is way too expensive. It you can still get cheaper an uber or a taxi to whatever location the places that the they drive you to uh to drop you off may be a little more beneficial but it's just it's just a big cost that you don't need and it's such a it's an obvious transportation grab and they've got to do it for a certain amount of period because they bought a lot of van they bought a lot of trucks right uh I, i just don't think it's it just doesn't seem that it's a business they should have gotten into. That's my opinion. Yeah. Now it seems like they're just raising the rates to try to minimize their loss. You know, I don't, I don't, I can't see this thing going on forever. I don't think that they're going to do it. I just, I I, I don't know. I mean, I could be wrong. It's just, I think they have to enhance their own internal transportation, whether it's buses or some kind of other service, you know, that's could be way down the line, but the, with that whole cost increase now is, you know, I hear people say now it a ride that will cost them 25 before it's 40 now. So right. I had somebody. And, so it had, tw- and, and it was 25 before and it would have been 17 on Uber. Right. right. Yeah. Or, or, or Mir's taxi. Right. 
So it's just I understand you you know what you're getting when it comes to the Disney drivers. You're gonna get, you know, you're gonna get the car seats in there. You're gonna have a Disney a Disney employee driving you. I understand that standpoint, but to spend that extra money, I just I just can't fathom that. I mean, just get a rental car, you know, and it's just it's just easier to get around that way. Yeah, but then you have to pay parking fees. Yeah, True. good point. <laughs> as much as I don't see like ever using them just because of the, the cost. I did see a comment on Twitter that said that uh, they paid like like 40 some dollars for like a trip and somebody was like ripping them, you know, um, like for spending that much money. And the person's reply was, well, we paid the extra money for the, the safety and security of knowing that it is a Disney driver, which I think for lots of people, especially for foreigners who don't understand Uber and stuff and how things work, I think that there's a need for it. <laughs> I think it's overpriced, of course, but but you're essentially overpaying for your entire trip. So like an extra 10 or $15 for that peace of mind, I think is what is driving it forward. That's two to three citrus swirls for me. (laughs) (laughs) Ugh. All right. So my number two is going to be the changeover from Soren 1.0 to Soren 2.0. Yes. I should have put this one on mine (laughs) and I didn't. Yeah. I'm glad that they upgraded when all digital, but one, they tried way too hard was the, the Taj Mahal scene is not good. I, I don't know anybody who said that's a good scene. It's not good. It's average CGI at best. It's just it, not good. Um, the Eiffel Tower, how could they not have a straight <laughs> one, a straight Eiffel Tower? I'll never understand that. And how they feel that that's accept- acceptable is the, yeah. the Disney of old would never have done something like that. That would have come up on the screen and they'd be like, we can't show that. There's, there's no way. But today's Disney was like, no, that's fine. They're, people won't mind. They're not even going to notice it. You know, so... And all the cutscenes, it's just they try too hard with it. And while some of the scenes are spectacular and beautiful, 1.0 still, I think, is a, is a much better attraction. Agreed. I've talked about this on other shows and it's just, it's not as good. The Leaning Tower... Eiffel is just is not good. His smells, I don't think, are quite as on point as like the old one was. It's actually it's gotten to a point where I don't oh, I have to ride it any longer. Right. Yeah. Uh, which is really sad. Um, and stuff. So that's a sad one for sure. For all me. right, I, I will take the opposite viewpoint of that one. Uh, Here we go. Yeah, I I I disagree. I think the scenes are great. I think the you may not like the the optics that they're taking place, but me knowing how the optics work, there's reasons behind it. Uh, I love the playfulness and the cut cut away from the elephant uh, that throws up the dirt. That I, I like. Th- I think that going through uh, next to the castle and looking to the left and seeing the people on the bridge is is phenomenal. And I think there's little little things around that if you start looking after if you've been going there and seeing it for a while you notice i i just think it's you get a, a nice wider breadth of the world uh in places that i would not have gone to where in the first one loved it i i adored it i've been to most of the places that they shot uh but i think this gives us a, an entire new view so that's my view I would have. I think Soren would have been like the perfect opportunity to be more like Star Tours, where they should have done twenty different scenes, and you don't know what you're going to get when you ride it, because then you add that rewritability to that attraction again, and you'll you don't know what you're going to get. You can get, you know, right, twenty different scenes. Yeah. It's, it's something they should have done. So, but it just would have taken longer to film it to put yeah, it in, which is fine. Um, number ones. My number one was already done, so what's your number one, Keith? It's Wishes. Wishes! wishes. I know that shows don't last forever there. I do. I really enjoy uh, Happily 
ever after it's not like a knock on that show but wishes was the first nighttime show i saw there it's got a ton like sentimental value to me i think that if the song itself kind of it had more emotion behind it it's just it's one of, of those shows that I keep on searching on YouTube and watching it because I miss it so much. That show, it doesn't matter what you put at the parks, it will never be what Wishes was to me. So so it's not like a knock on any other show. I just really, like I love that show so much. Yeah, I think Wishes had better storytelling for sure. Oh yeah. What's your number one, Steve? My number one, I'm calling this Holding Magic Kingdom at Night Hostage. Oh. Uh, go back to 2013, and there were 23 nights of Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party. There was not, uh, there was 19 nights of the Christmas Party. There was no, at that point, Disney After Hours. Now, if you start from September 18th to the end of the year, there's 105 days. Wow. 105 nights. 54 of 54 percent of those nights you cannot get into the magic kingdom after seven o'clock unless you're paying wow wow i didn't realize it's that high that's it's i mean it's 54 percent between september 18th and december 31st because there's now 34 uh not so scary halloween parties there's 21 christmas parties and there's two disney after hours and to me, as we, we, we've talked about this before, and I, my guess is that getting rid of the, uh, the parade helps doing that because there's no incentive to keep people right. there later. And they have that and they move the fireworks earlier uh, over, the, over the past couple of years. So you're gaining extra money to get people in at night, but I don't have that access. So if I'm visiting, I have to very carefully plan when I can stay late at the Magic Kingdom and know it's going to be really super crowded. Exactly. Yeah, I'm not a fan of, of, of all these things because when we went in October of last year, three of the five nights that we were there were party nights. Yeah. Three of the five nights. Mm-hmm. And the two nights were packed. So I just, I, I just, and we didn't pay, the, we didn't go to the party, but um, I just, I understand Disney's making money for is they're making money. I mean, good for them, but I think if they forget about everybody else is there. I mean, the other parks don't have. You combine all three other parks, they still don't have as many attractions to do as Magic Kingdom, especially for kids. So it's not fair. It's not right. And, and to be able to see the fireworks and to see see the show. I mean, after seven o'clock, I have to you know I have to get kicked out. I really don't want. I, I really. Would rather have that opportunity of not having to pay extra that time of year. Right. And it's not like you're getting a free uh, park hopper to go to another park after that. Right. You know, that's it. It's like you if you don't have a, a park hopper, you know, seven o'clock, get you get out of here. We don't want you anymore. You know, goodbye. You can go you can go into the store and shop, but you got you can't you can't go on any traction. You gotta leave. You, and after a while they'll even kick you out of the stores. Right. Yep. I think too that then like happening for so long it's gradually been extended and extended that people don't even realize it anymore they just they see it plan around it and they don't even like stop and realize what it's doing and i think that that's exactly that's just what disney wanted was to just to to make it a normal part of your trip planning mm-hmm yeah, I mean, I'm also hearing that the attendance is down in the parks right now, and it's expected to be for the fall. So, but who knows? Maybe this has something to do with it. Maybe people are just like, you know, well, well I can't go to the Magic Kingdom on four of the the seven nights I'm there. What's the point? Right. You know, right. so because there's many people that you know, as a travel agent that we book, it's we see more of it now. It's like people do four nights, do four days. It'll be one four or five nights they'll either not do animal kingdom not do studios and they'll do two days at magic kingdom so right. maybe this is playing into is where people are like yeah you know maybe i'll go a different time of year and and i mean it, and it goes towards you know the bigger issue of the upsell right uh the, you know and i don't mind if you're upselling a, a thing like the rhino right. which is 40 bucks and it's nice but 
you know, now I, I can't get a good spot at the parades because I have to pay extra for it or I can't get a good spot uh, for the fireworks because I have to pay for it. Right. Uh, it it's, it's the slowly chiseling away of those things which, you know, are becoming... Be- become bigger and more annoying to people over time right now i know we'll probably get some negative hate out there because we're so negative on this episode but <laughs> you know hey that's what people want man uh, hey, but all, look at twitter all, all criticism <laughs> all, all feedback is positive all feedback right. is positive we talk about it because we love going to the parks we enjoy disney it's not right you know we it's just you know you're nitpicking thir- certain things is that that I think Disney's just forgetting about the long-term fans because you're you might be catering to the people that are coming once, maybe they'll come twice in X amount of time, but you have people like us who go year after year, or in case in Steve's case, almost day after day. You're not really catering to us anymore. You're kind of like throwing us to the wayside. So I mean, that's why we're we're talking about some of this stuff. But and they we're also they, they also do listen. They also do listen, and they also make changes right. based upon feedback. Right. So I mean, I gotta give them give them props for that. I've there's been a lot of upsells in which the next year they decreased the price of it and added things because they found the feedback was poor. Right. They've changed things because of, of feedback. So they do listen. And they do make changes, you know, based upon upon consumer thoughts as well. Right. At some point, there has to be like a breaking point. I think that it's you're you're kind of seeing it now, like with the uh, attendance drops. I don't think it's bad enough that Disney will do like any sort of drastic changes yet. But right. I think it's coming. All right. So this is a long episode, so we're just gonna <laughs> let it end here. We still love you, Mickey. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's going to do it for this week. But first, we want to thank our sponsors, Kingdom Strollers. Get your premium stroller and crib, crib rentals at kingdomstrollers.com. Let the vacation experts at mousepros.com help plan your next perfect Disney vacation. Don't forget to check out our store at redbubble.com slash tiki talk podcast. You can connect with us on social media. Find us at facebook.com or at Enchanted Tiki Talk. Instagram at Twitter and Enchanted Tiki Talk Podcast. You can leave us a message on the Tiki Talk hotline at 256-4MY-TIKI. And if you enjoy the show, please take the time to rate us on iTunes. You can find me on Twitter at One Minute Disney Dream. That's 1MIN Disney Dream, MouseWorldVacations.com, and MousePros.com. And you can find me on Twitter and on Instagram at Dole Whip Daily. And if you've gotten this far in the broadcast, uh, you can reach me at Disney Diary, <laughs> uh, Twitter, Facebook, uh, and Instagram. And please check out DisneyDiary.com. And if you've gotten this far, say hi on Twitter, huh? Exactly. <laughs> Hello. I want to thank uh, Keith and uh, Steve for joining me this week. And Alan... You can take it away. And I- Thanks for listening this week. For Sean and Keith, I'm Alan, and this has been Enchanted Tiki Talk. Aloha. I hate rhinos. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hippos are others that you don't want to get behind when they, uh, yeah, when they, when and- they on land because their tails turn and it throws it throws their True. poo all over the place. That's right. Yeah, it, like, like as soon as I saw that post about that rhino, I was like, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> They're just like taunting me now. They all know and uh <laughs> and Jenny goes, "Well, this is a nice uh, chance for you to make up with them." I'm like, "No, the- <laughs> <laughs> They're just baiting me in and trying to trap me." Yeah, cuz next time it might not be it might not be P Keith. Right, exactly. Enchanted Tiki Talk has been brought to you by MousePros.com. Let us plan your perfect Disney vacation. And MickeyMonthly.com, where you can get the park sent directly to you. And by KingdomStrollers.com, for all your premium stroller and crib rental needs. For all of us here, I'm David Benter. Thanks for listening to Enchanted Tiki Talk.